Welcome to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. Thanks for listening to the Activate podcast with Pastor Christian Newsom, a ministry of Journey Church International. My name is Brandon, and today we will be looking back on 2017, an incredible year of ministry at Journey Church International. Christian, we launched this Activate podcast in January. It's it's only been ten months, eleven months since we've done this, and we've recorded nearly twenty or nearly thirty episodes. This is episode twenty nine. What do you think, man? It's really cool to look back. I mean, a year ago, um, we were talking about just next steps for people who were engaged in our church and in a, in our greater ministry. People who were tuning into kind of messages across the world and just saying, you know, how can we? How can we help people implement what they're hearing? Like, you know, if, if we could have a conversation after every sermon with people and say, now the real critical points of this message were this, and maybe answer some of their questions about it. How do we get people to implement what we're doing? How, how do we get people to activate their faith? We didn't want to be a church that were hearers of the word only. We wanted to be doers. So we said, let's figure out how to activate something. And I was shocked. I was thinking back on it today, trying to figure out now, is this the end of a year? Is this the end of two years? Uh, it feels like it's something we've always done. And to get to the end of a year and to realize that God is using this, right? I mean, we're, we're sitting in one of our classrooms, two guys uh, talking to microphones. Jason and Michelle are here producing the thing for us. Um, to think that, that it would have impact is, is really humbling. But here we are a year later, more than 11,000 listens uh, to these, you know, what, 28 episodes up to this point. Uh, of course, we have found out as we've studied the metrics that the most listened to episode by more than double was the one my wife did. Um, so next year, you'll be listening to the Activate podcast with Danielle Newsom. Yes. Uh, because it, it yeah. appears that more people are interested It'll in that. Double our um, listens. Double our listens. Um, it's, it's just been incredible. As a pastor, I feel like it's made me better because as I preach my messages, I'm not just thinking about what I'm going to say, but how people are going to do it. Uh, so to be able to unpack every message just with some Q&A has, has been really good. And I hope for the people who are listening that it's been really good for you. For all of you who have texted in questions, uh, emailed in questions, for those of you who grab us in the hallway or let us know, hey, I listened to that podcast and it meant a lot. Thank you so much uh, for letting us know that this is a ministry that has impact in your life. So let's take a look at the year in review, but let's start with our theme that we launched the entire year with, and it was really two words, fully alive. Uh, our desire was to challenge everyone to have the strongest year spiritually and experience what it means to live fully alive. And uh, I, I love your style of teaching. You, you, you often inspire us, you often inform us, but you are really keen on challenging us. And so we had several challenges this year, the 90-day generosity challenge, the family strong moments, the be still challenge. Talk to us. Why is that so important to you? So I was at Quick Trip last year as we started the year, uh, getting my 44-ounce Diet right. Coke. Uh, it is the Holy Spirit and Diet Coke that helps me through most <laughs> days. Um, and I'm standing in line to pay at Quick Trip, and I'm behind a lady that the cashier says, it's just when, is this a normal Wednesday morning? And the cashier asked the lady in front of me, uh, how's it going? And she says, I'm just hoping to make it through the day. And I heard her say that, and I thought it shouldn't be that way. And as a, as a pastor and as a Christian and as a friend and as a husband, as a dad, I'm sick of watching people survive rather than thrive. So we said we, we've got to have a year 
where people really live, right? Like we don't want to just get through another year. We don't want to just make it through another day. We want to, we want to thrive in our life. So we had everyone pick a word for the year. My word was in anticipation. Last year I lived in amazement. I was continually amazed that God kept doing what he said he would do. And I said, this year I want to begin to live in anticipation of what God will do. I just want to believe it because that'll help me thrive rather than survive. Um, and for me, the challenges are important because people need practice, right? The challenges for us are just, hey, we think if you did this forever, it would change your life. But we know you can't, you're not going to commit to forever. So just let's just practice. Let's practice for 90 days. Let's practice for 40 days. Let's learn how to pray over 21 days. My hope is that there is a moment within each challenge where God moves and it becomes a lifestyle. So those challenges for us are just about practice. We started the year with uh, a very popular series called Mood Swingers, Finding Emotional Health. Can you remind us again the connection between emotional health and spiritual health? How do those two intertwine? Why are they so important? Well, they're, they're intertwined here. You're never going to have greater spiritual health than emotional health because your, your spirit guides your emotions. So if you are an emotional wreck and you confuse to confront the things and the relationships and the activities and the pace of your life that allows you to be emotionally unstable. If you just add Bible reading to that, you're not going to become spiritually mature. If you just add a little bit of prayer to a life that is an emotional wreck, you know, you're not going to become really very much more spiritually mature. So we said, we, we've got to really start talking about the soul, right? We've got to get away from spiritual activities and we have to start ministering to the soul. So this Mood Swingers series, the whole thought of it was until we can really get our soul to be one with Jesus, which is what he prayed. I mean, in John 17, when Jesus is praying, for everyone who will become a Christian after the disciples, his prayer was that our soul would be one with him the way his soul was one with the Father. So we said, if we're going to be fully alive, we have to start with our soul. If our soul isn't fully alive, our life will never look fully alive. So we said spiritual health depends on getting that emotional health, getting that soul health under control. Uh, and we took a series to really work on that. It was in the midst of that series that we remember did that fruit assessment where yes, we asked people ask you about that. through the spiritual fruit to ask somebody else, not you, but ask somebody else to assess what they see of your spiritual health. Uh, it was one of the most eye-opening exercises that I've ever done in my life to listen to our, our ministry staff, some of our ministry leaders, and my wife and kids say, Christian, this is how we view your soul we know you want to be spiritually mature, but your emotions are coming through this way. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it showed me some areas in my, in my emotional health, my soul, that hadn't matured, that weren't healthy yet. Um, I, I, there are a lot of meetings I go into thinking about those scores from, from, that, uh, from that exercise, even today. I mean, yes, yesterday I was praying on my at a long day of meetings. Um, and as I went into every meeting, I was thinking about the scores on on that list that were giving to, given to me because my my ministry team let me know, Christian, there's some areas that you need to work on. We Sometimes we don't see Jesus in you in these moments, and I'm still aware of that until today. So that series changed my life. I didn't preach it for others. I preached it for me. How, how do you think you'd score on it now if you did a reassessment? 
probably the exact same, unfortunately. I mean, you know, it, it sometimes takes a long time for a leopard to, to change their spots. You'd have to tell me. I'd, I'd have to do it again. I think some people might say this, you know, like one of the areas that I didn't rank high on with our ministry team was gentleness. You know, I got a lot of threes and fours on gentleness because I'm, I'm kind of blunt. Yesterday I had a lunch meeting with one of our team members and my wife pulled me aside afterwards and said, you know, you could look a little less intense. And I said, when I listen, I'm thinking. She said, well, when you're thinking, you look intense. Could you smile? And I said, no, it's how I think. I am intense. Kind of get over it. So I think our staff on gentleness would probably rank me like four or five, but they might say this, but I know it's important to you to get better. Like, I think they'd be kinder, but I have a long way to go in a lot of those areas. So when you think you look intense... Hey, there's a solution to that. Smile. Just stop thinking. Smile. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah, smile. Just, <laughs> smile. If, if you just see me smiling like an idiot, it's because I'm thinking deeply about things as you pass me in the hallway at church. <laughs> All right, let's jump from mood swingers to better together. Uh, the the tagline for this was secrets to a great marriage. And and let me just add this great relationships. This This wasn't just about marriages. This was about great relationships. And one of the statements that still echoes in my heart from this series um, was this idea of being a life breather. And, and one that really convicted me, challenged me, was this statement. Husbands, your role is to not only provide, spir- uh, provide, f- provide a life for your wife and family, but to breathe life into their spirit and their spiritual purpose. Um, as impactful as that is for us as husbands, can you remind us how this statement can can apply to all Christian relationships and friendships that we have? Well, yeah, we, we have to breathe life into people. One of the leadership values that we have at Journey is that is that we're life-giving. Life as we know it, right? And, and when I say life, I mean work, school, family, friends, relationships, church, activities. That That's what I mean. Life sucks the life out of you. So we, we want to be people who give life rather than who take life, uh, who, you know, who give life with a smile rather than an intense look that might take life, um, who give life with a question, who give life by taking a few minutes, who give life with an extra text message, who speak life on our social media. Um, we, we just said it was going to be real important to be people who breathed life into people, people who spoke life into people, um, you know, and, and trying to be families and Christians in our communities that were life giving. Uh, as we move towards Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, in this season of 2017, I would remind all our people, be life giving to someone. If the only thing you get out of this podcast is to push pause after I say this next statement um, to text somebody and give them life, encourage them, love on them, uh, then this podcast, this one has been successful. If everyone listening will go be life-giving today. Let's jump to famous last words, what Jesus wants you to know. We took it. We took a look at all the, the last words um, that Jesus gave to us prior to his death on the cross, and this led us up to a very, uh, a very impactful Easter. Um, some of Jesus' most powerful words were moments just before he died, and one of his final statements was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. As we approach the end of the year, why is forgiving the wrongs other people do to us key to living a life fully alive? Because the way we forgive shows the way we understand how we've been forgiven. People who are able to freely forgive others are people who show that Jesus is fully alive in them. They're not trying to earn his love. They're not trying to earn their way into heaven. People who willingly forgive are people who understand they've been massively 
forgiven. Uh, and as we finish this series on Easter Sunday at Lee Summit West High School with that one, the last statement of Jesus, Tetelestai, it is finished. And as we looked at our spiritual struggle and our spiritual work all being finished at the cross uh, and writing the end at the beginning. Remember, we I talked remember about that. that guy who wrote his own obituary mm -hmm. uh, and he had his funeral before he died because he, you know, he said he wanted to be in charge of the end. And we said, you can be in charge of the end because Jesus has finished the work. You just have to accept it. As we saw more than 100 people, um, you know, dozens and dozens of kids in our in our kids ministry uh, say yes to Jesus. Um, that was a great first step of understanding forgiveness. But when those 100 uh, willingly offer forgiveness to people who have hurt them, they show that they have deeply grasped what Jesus has done for them. So right after the famous last words in our incredible Easter, we jumped into a series called Family Strong, Fighting for Your Family. Um, one of the most practical family strong moments was when you challenged us to carve out time for morning moments, dinner discussions, worry walks, and bedtime blessings. We got so many comments from that just really practical tool. We often forget some of these tools for leading our family spiritually. Can you remind us again what these family strong moments should look like in our lives? Yeah, absolutely. And probably the the biggest thing in that series was defining the words, choosing those three words that your family would be known by and intentionally pursuing those words as a family. So, you know, I, I talk to people all the time that said choosing our words as a family was one of the greatest things our family's ever done. We still talk about them. Some of them, often. Put them hung them in their house. Many of them <laughs> hung them in their house. Uh, my kids and my wife and I, we still talk about ours when we're on spring break, when we go on summer vacation, when, when we're alone, we talk about those words and we ask how we're doing in those areas. Uh, but yeah, we talk about those, those moments, family strong moments, uh, morning moments. What is that? You know, I talked about with, with me and my kids, it's just making sure I try to pray, pray with them and pray for them before they get out the door to school. Like I did for my little daughter, Casey, she was sitting on the steps, tying her shoes this morning when I walked out of the house and I walked up and gave her a hug and said, Lord, bless Casey and her day. Bless her. She leads worship tonight. They'll have youth group tonight. In Jesus name. Amen. It was a, it was a 10 second morning moment, but it was a moment where family and Jesus came together for, for just a, a, a small moment. Uh, dinner discussions. We do the high, low Buffalo. What was your high of the day? What was your low of the day? Uh, what was your Buffalo? What was the thing that was unexpected, either good or bad? We did it last night at dinner. We do it almost every night at dinner. And I, I can't tell you how many families I talk to who now do this. They do the high, low Buffalo thing. And the fascination they have at learning things from their kids and even from their spouse that they never would have heard about if they weren't intentional with those moments. The worry walks uh, are putting away the phone, putting away the computers. And if there's something you need to talk about, just going on a walk outside, so, you know, spending some uninterrupted intentional time talking through a topic uh, in a manner where you won't scream and fight and in a manner where you won't be distracted. And then bedtime blessings for us was, you know, we, we don't tuck our kids into bed anymore as as, uh, as teenagers, but just making sure we sneak into their room as often as we can or before we go to bed, put our hand on their head and just say, hey, love you, praying for you, um, you know, make sure that they're they're ready for their upcoming day. So those those are some of the things we talked about. The people who have implemented those it's not very many minutes in a day, but it's powerful moments, uh, and, and they are making family stronger. And it's another opportunity to breathe life into your family. Yes. Yeah. So we took the entire summer and looked at the Apostles' Creed. It was, it was amazing. Um, what was your biggest takeaway as you studied this creed, and, and how has it strengthened your faith? 
I think as, as I study the Apostles' Creed as a personal Christian, and, and remember, for me, it came from a song, right? I, like I was worshiping through the Apostles' Creed, this, you know, the song, I believe in God the Father, I believe. As I was singing that, I thought about how much comfort it brought my heart to have that be the foundational belief of my life. And I thought people are missing spiritual comfort if they don't understand these things the way they're supposed to be understood. So I think talking to our people about a belief in God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, a belief in Jesus, um, God's Son who was born of a bir- uh, of the Virgin Mary, a belief in the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit does in your life. Uh, hopefully for me, it, hopefully for our people, it became not information that they learned, but but a foundational worldview that they believed that can that can give them lifelong because you write the the Apostles Creed ends with life everlasting, and in that last message when we talked about everlasting life and knowing because of a belief in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, knowing that you can have everlasting life and the forgiveness of your sins, um, you know we saw dozens more uh, make spiritual decisions say yes to Jesus on the last day of that series. Because they said, I want the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life, and I'm, I'm willing to believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So it was a great time learning. My hope is that it's changed the way people live because of not what they know, but what they believe. So I'm going to admit my, two of my favorite series were the last two series of the year, the Fearless series and the Whisper series. Uh, in the Fearless series, um, there were several statements that— um, just left an impact in my life. And uh, one of those was in your message called Worshiping Gold. And you said one of the last areas that Christians give God their trust is their money. So you challenged us to step from fear to faith by participating in a 90-day generosity challenge. Uh, We're nearly halfway through that challenge now. Um, discuss for a moment what you're hearing from the lives of people, maybe a success story that might inspire us as as we keep going in this. I'm not hearing the goal of it yet, right? Okay. So the, the goal of that series was to place security in God, not money. I mean, the last the reason we give our God we give God trust with our money last is because we trust our money more than our God. I mean, that's that's just the reality. Um, so I'm not hearing a whole lot of people yet say, "Hey, that." that security uh, has been transitioned to God. But there are people whose security is being challenged, which is good because, because they've, they've made the, uh, the, it, the reality has come to them that, you know what, my security is in money. I do sleep better with money in the bank. I, I sleep better knowing I have money in the bank than knowing I have a God in heaven. Something's wrong there. There's a lot of people who've made that connection. Uh, through, this, through this challenge, you know, nearly 200 families that have taken this challenge, uh, you know, I've, I've heard from uh, families who are going to a finance class. Uh, we said we have a lot of people with generous hearts. They just don't have any money because they need to learn how to manage their money a little better. So the people who got to go to the finance class who finally said, you know what, I got to get my finances under control. I got to quit living in fear and I need to just figure out how to do things better. Uh, I've heard from a lot of those people saying they're learning incredible things. Um, those who lapsed in giving, uh, you know, we had, I think a couple dozen that said, I, I just, for some reason, one or another, maybe not a good exp- excuse, but I have an explanation. We, we'd stop giving and we reengaged the joy in their heart and the attention now that they have to their budget, uh, and their generosity, um, has been huge. People who have tithed, you know, that 10%, uh, all their life, but who never considered it generosity. They thought they were paying a spiritual bill. And they said, you know, I I never even considered that I could give more than 10% for the first time, feel massively generous, and they're stretching their faith 
to give. Uh, and then people, you know, in, in between those areas who like gave, you know, randomly and I'm going to give consistently and I gave consistently, but I'm going to give a percentage now and get real committed. Uh, so all, all of those folks, the goal is to transition their security from money to God. It really has nothing to do with money. We're able to see the results of it through dollars and cents. But I look forward to the conversations down the road that say that is the time, that is the 90-day window that I quit putting all of my security and money, and I began having more comfort with a God in heaven than money and savings. That's powerful. So let's wrap up our conversation today with uh, the last series, Whispers, How to Hear the Voice of God. Um, The series, I think, just kept getting better all year. Which individual from Scripture that, uh, as we studied this. Did you find most relatable and why when it comes to hearing the voice of God? Was it Samuel because he had to learn to listen? Was it Elijah because he was hurting too bad to hear? Was it Moses because he was caught in a spiritual drift and was too distracted to hear? Or was it King Jehoshaphat because in the midst of a crisis, he cried out, God, I don't know what to do, but my eyes are on you. Elijah. It's not, and it's not even close. Elijah, Elijah is my guy. Not, yeah. It's not even close. I love learning from all the others. Mm-hmm. I identify with Elijah because in my life and in my past, I think, I think there was a thought that big ministry moments can give me identity and security. They can sustain me. They can fill my spirit. And the reality, the reality was for Elijah, and I found it in my life, the biggest ministry moments in life drain you the most. They leave you the emptiest. They leave you the most vulnerable. They leave you the most discouraged. They leave you the most questioning. Uh, when our church goes home celebrating, you know, 150 or so people who make spiritual decisions on Easter, I, I go home drained and questioning and doubting um, and empty and tired. And what Elijah realizes is that the only source of his identity, security, of his trust, the only source of his filling was in an intimate relationship with God. And and as I learned uh, that after every mountain of ministry that I have to that I have to run to the mountain of God and fill back up. The more I learn that, and the more I do that, uh, the the more the more I have peace in my own spirit with God. The more I have passion for ministry to go to do it again, and the, and the more uh, I see my purpose in 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 God's kingdom uh, on earth. So Elijah Elijah is my guy because I identify with him and I and I've learned from him and I continue to learn from him. I mean, every Monday morning, right? I mean, after you, after you preach four times on a Sunday um, and start in the hallway before and end in the hallway after, and you absolutely pour yourself out, um, if, if you think doing that fills you, I'd encourage you to try it a couple times. It absolutely drains you. And to realize that after Carmel, you've got to go back to Orb, uh, the mountain of God, and fill up again. Um, you know that that reality in my life has just been huge, and I and I hope that that's what this podcast is served for for our people. I hope that this this podcast for you in the midst of your week is like a cold glass of water, um, you know, touching your spirit that is that is warm and parched and burning um, in a life where you find yourself on days just trying to survive. My hope is that this podcast has has helped you thrive. Um, that this is just a little bit of wind in your sails, that this is a little bit, um, of, you know, spiritual, um, spiritual life giving for you, uh, so that, so that you can Sunday to Sunday, 
you know, have life breathed into you through your car stereo or through your computer, or through your phone, however you listen to this. I, I hope that this podcast has helped you live more fully alive and helped you thrive instead of survive this year because it's helping me do that. Well, I can't speak for all the listeners, but I can speak for myself. Um, it, it does that for me. Um, and, and I want to thank you for that. Thank you for carving out a little bit of your time each week to record this resource. It, it is valuable. But most importantly, we want to thank you, as Pastor Christian just mentioned, thank you for listening to this podcast. We do pray that it is a valuable resource for you. And I do want to remind you of a program uh, a program update. We'll be pausing the podcast through the holiday season, and we will resume in January of 2018. And we've gotten a sneak peek at the, the message series lineup for 2018. It's going to be powerful. So uh, make sure you stay tuned in and, and we'll keep you updated through social media. We'll catch you next time in January on the Activate Podcast where we challenge you to build a faith that is active. Thank you for listening to Activate with Pastor Christian Newsom, a podcast of Journey Church International. If you are ever in the Kansas City area, we would love for you to join us for one of our Sunday worship experiences. You can find out more information about JCI on our website at takethejourney.cc. Also, if you have enjoyed this podcast, help us get the word out and show your support by subscribing, rating, and reviewing on iTunes or Google Play. Please share this episode with all your friends on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on the Activate Podcast.